Well, my friends, it is my joy, my privilege to introduce to you today Andrea Walters as our guest speaker. Andrea had been a part of our Rosewood family since back when she was a young teenager, if I recall correctly. Yes, and we just appreciated her and her whole family so very much. Just over seven years ago, when we started the Connect Church of the Nazarene in Ajax, Andrea and her family went with Pastor Yanni to help start the new church. And she and her family continued to be a part of our new congregation in Ajax. But, Andrea, we still miss you, dear sister. And I still miss you so very much, you and your family. And you know that, don't you? Yeah. They continue to be a big blessing at our new church. Andrea is an outstanding teacher and an outstanding principal. She is the principal of a wonderful school in Whitby. She has served several schools as a principal. And uh, I, want you, I want you to know, this young lady has been a big help and a big blessing in mentoring other teachers. She has, she has helped a lot of other young teachers who have just been starting to, uh, to teach in Toronto or Whitby or Ajax. <clears throat> She's also been a big blessing to our son Jeremy, who is also a teacher, grade seven and eight. And all I can say to you is, Andrea is just a wonderful servant of the Lord. She loves Jesus, she loves her family, and she still loves Rosewood Church of the Nazarene, right? So she's going to bring a very special message entitled, Unstuck, Unstuck. So give her a warm welcome, would you please? Amen. God bless you. It is so nice to be home. Sometimes you don't realize how much you miss something until you see them, until you're there. It's nice to be back in, at Rosewood amongst family, and that's how I see you. Even though I'm somewhere else, I see you as my family, my family church. Uh, a lot has changed since I was here seven years ago. Uh, changed schools, changed church. Um, but you might have noticed out on the parking lot, there's a car with a license plate unstuck. And that's what I'm going to be sharing and talking to you about. Some people, when they think of stuck in terms of biblical times, we might think of Jonah being stuck in a whale. You know, Jesus had asked Jonah to deliver a message. Jonah decided he wasn't going to. Jonah ended up in a whale, and he was stuck in the whale for three days, three nights. During that time, he had a time to reflect, and he had time to repent. When he came out of the whale, God forgave him and gave him the opportunity to do the work that he was asked to do. And people might have thought, well, Jonah's a hypocrite. He didn't initially do what Jesus asked, but Jesus forgave him. He came out the well and he delivered the message that God originally asked him to deliver. We're not going to be stuck in a whale. None of us here, I would bet money, I would bet all my belongings that no one here will be stuck in a whale. But Maybe you're stuck in other areas of your life. Maybe you're stuck mentally in terms of how you feel about yourself. Maybe you're stuck in a situation at work. Maybe you're stuck dwelling on the past. Maybe you're stuck in a terrain of memories and it's causing you to not move forward. 
A lot of times when our children misbehave, we put them on timeout, but we don't leave them there. We hope that they learn from it and they move on and life carries on. But some of us stay in that moment of our mistakes. We stay in that moment that went wrong and we don't come out of it. God wants us to be free. He wants us to be victorious. He wants us to be unstuck. So moving on, I'd like to share with you about a time when I was stuck. Physically, actually. Back in October 2018, I principal of a school of 800 students, and life was going well. And sometimes when life is going well and we're satisfied, we forget how much we need God. And we forget how much God has done in our lives because we are satisfied and we're happy and all is well. But just like that, things can change. And in my life in October 2018, while watching a cross-country run and just move, running from one location to the other, I stumbled and I fell. I didn't hit my head, I just had a big jolt. And I thought nothing of it, and I continued on my day. I went back to work, I taught a principal's course that evening, all the time with a little bit of a headache, but we often think we're superhumans and we can do anything and we ignore the signs that something might be wrong. I even went to work the next day, and it was my vice principal that said, I think you should go home. And I said, no, no, I'm fine. I'm okay. And the secretary said, I think you should go home. No, no, I'm okay. And then they became very firm and said, go home. Well, I stayed home for almost three years. Almost three years. My, during the concussion, the beginning part, my doctor had said, stay off technology, follow concussion protocol, which I did. And after about two weeks, she said, give it a try. I think you can do what you want to do, but if it hurts, stop. The problem with being a type A personality is you don't listen to your body, you just keep going. And you just keep going and you keep going and I see heads nodding because maybe you understand very well. So it happened to be my son's birthday. So I was going to bake cupcakes for his whole entire class. And yes, there was a little headache but I ignored it. And then I decided to bake a cake for his birthday party. And then I decided I was going to clean my house in case anyone came over after the party. And yes, a little bit of a headache, but company's coming, so I have to clean up. You forget about the pain, you forget about everything else, and you're just doing what you have to do to have a good show, to make everything look perfect. But then my head started to really hurt. And I decided to walk to my mom's house, which was about five streets away. And normally, after the con initial concussion, I'd get tired and I would stop midway at a bus stop. But on this particular night, when I had done far too much and did not listen to my body, I got tired before I got to the bus stop. I got very tired. And as I was walking, I suddenly couldn't take another step. I couldn't move. I couldn't lift my foot. I couldn't slide my foot. I couldn't move backwards. I was stuck completely. It was as if I was in cement blocks. 
So imagine being stuck on a sidewalk for 30 minutes, unable to move. I called my mom and she came and she said, why are you just standing there? Obviously that looks weird, I'm just standing on the sidewalk, snow's coming down, and I said, mom, I can't move. What do you mean you can't move? So she tried to pull me, she tried pushing me, she prayed over me. And after about 30 minutes, I was suddenly able to move. I want you to think about that for a moment. Not being able to move, literally being stuck. 30 minutes. And from there, it continued. I would go to a grocery store, and I'd get stuck. I remember looking at boxes of cereal and being stuck for a couple minutes. And I'm sure people walking by probably thought, she's really checking out the cereal boxes. <laughs> but I couldn't move. I went to many different hospitals, and initially people didn't know what it was. They wondered if it was ALS, Parkinson's, something neurological, but in the end, it wasn't. But I want us to think about how scary that must have been from a principal running a school of 800 students to not being able to do anything. I needed help on occasion to go to the washroom. I needed someone to come with me in case I got stuck to the washroom. I couldn't cook, I couldn't drive, I lost all independence. It would have been easy to give up. And many of us would. How can you explain? And that's when I realized that we can be troubled on every side, but we can't give up. Right. I realized I was in the fight of my life. And I remember thinking to myself, this is not the end. In all of our lives, we have many trials, we have many tribulations. There's no escape from that. There's no avoiding it. But how do we deal with it? Let me explain that shortly after, a few months later, when I was starting to make progress and become unstuck, shortly after that, while my mom was driving me, she got rear-ended. The thing is, she was absolutely fine. Her car was absolutely fine. But me, I wasn't. I ended up regressing. So now, even though I could get unstuck, I was now walking like a drunken sailor. Why? There's no explanation for that. But I've learned that we need to put our trust in the Lord. When we don't understand, when everything is going wrong, we need to put our trust in the Lord. And we often don't realize it when everything's going well. And sometimes when things are not going well, we give up. And we get angry and we give up. But God wants us to renew our strength by putting our trust in him. One of the things that I learned to get unstuck was that I needed to have my focus on the Lord. I had to have my focus 
on a specific spot. So if I became stuck, instead of looking around or gazing to the sides, I had to stay focused, like a target. And through that, I was able to lift my leg and progress forward. And to help me along, I was given a pair of glasses and I had to wear tape on the sides to block my peripheral vision so that I would keep my focus straight ahead so that any time that I got stuck, I would focus on a non-moving spot and be able to move my leg and then continue walking. But I think about God. Doesn't he want us to be his focus? Doesn't he want our eyes to be focused directly on him? But yet, so much of our focus is on so many other things. Maybe our focus is on everything that's going wrong. Maybe our focus is on our job. Maybe our focus is on our family. Maybe our focus is on earning as much money as you can. Maybe your focus each and every day, first thing as you wake up or last thing as you go to bed is on social media. God wants our focus to be on him. Just like how I couldn't move until my focus was on him, maybe in our lives, for us to move forward, our focus needs to be on our Heavenly Father. I'm reminded of Psalms 121. It says, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. We have to look to the Lord, expecting him to reveal. Not only did I have to look and focus, I also learned that I had to focus on what I was listening to. You see, when the concussion first started, I would hear music each and every day. I would get so upset with my children because I thought that they were leaving music on somewhere in the house and I couldn't find it. I would look out of my bedroom window trying to figure out which neighbor was playing music so loud. And I would get really upset because they're disturbing my rest because they're playing music. And I remember one Christmas Eve, around Christmas time, I was lying on the couch and I was listening to Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You. And I asked my daughter, Malia, are you playing music? And she said, no. So then I asked my son, Matai, are you playing music? And he said, no. But I can hear Mariah Carey in my head. So then I asked them, OK, come here. Come over here. Can you hear the music? And they said, no. And I said, you can't hear this music? And they said, no, mom. So the next day, <laughs> I went to the doctor. And she said, people with traumatic brain injuries often have auditory hallucinations. So then I felt crazy because I'm hearing things. And I remember one day waking up, listening to music in my head, and getting so upset that I got on my coat and I went outside for a walk. But guess what? It was still playing because we can't escape our head. We take, our, we take ourselves everywhere we go. 
We take ourselves to work. We take ourselves to the washer. We take ourselves on vacation. There's no escaping ourselves. So it was at that point that I realized that my worship has to be louder than any voice, anything that's in my head. When you're going through your difficult times and the voices are in your head, whoa, always you, always me. When your coworker gets you upset and you're having conversations in your head of what they said to you or what you're going to say to them, when someone's telling you you're not good enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not smart enough, you're not enough. When those voices are loud in your head, that's the time when your worship needs to be even louder. Turn up the volume of your worship. When you listen to the worship team play, how can you feel down? When you listen to worship music, how can you be down? It, it talks to you. It warms your soul. It lifts you from a place of despair and gives you hope and it gives you faith. I encourage you all to turn up the volume of your worship and turn down, turn off what other voices are in your head. Those nagging voices that are at the side that tell you you can't those voices that say you're not good enough, the voices that say he's out to get you, don't trust him. Let the voice be worship. Let the voice be God. Serving. God wants us to serve. When we're down and we're feeling out and we think that the world is against us, you know, there's probably someone else out there that feels the same way. Let's take that time to serve. Serve others. It's through serving that we feel better. Even when you're down and you're walk I'm walking with the cane with the glasses on, and I know people are looking at me as in, why is she wearing tape on her glasses? I could still find time to say to that person, I like your outfit. And that person smiles, that makes me smile. Or you take the time to help the person who just fell. Or you take the time to help at a food bank. You take the time to give back. Let me tell you a story about a friend of mine who grew up without her father being present. And when she was in her 20s, her mom sadly passed away. And that became her story. That was her narrative. That was the only thing that she talked about. Within 20 minutes of meeting her, you would hear her father wasn't there and her mother passed away. Her father wasn't there and her mother passed away, which is horrible. But that became her story. And through her story, she had a hard time keeping a job. She turned to drugs. She turned to alcohol because that was her story. But let me tell you the story of someone else that I know whose daughter had passed away from cancer, obviously devastated but she chose to serve. She chose to testify. She chose to help grieving moms. She chose to help at her food bank. She chose to get away from it, not be stuck in her grief, to not let her grief be her story, but to be unstuck and move on and serve as God wants us to serve.
the reason we can love and serve God is that he first loved and served through Jesus Christ. Are you showing a giving heart? A giving heart doesn't have to be financial. A giving heart is that smile. That giving heart is the compliment that you give to someone. Silence. There's so much sound. There's so much around us. It's hard to escape. So much noise in the backgrounds of our life. Whether it's social media, whether it's the TV, the radio, the movies, and so on, and so on, and so on, we can get lost. We can get lost in that person who says we're not good enough. Or we can get lost in the sorrow. We can get lost in so many different things. But maybe that's when we need to sit in the silence. Sit in the Bible. Exodus 14, verse 14 says, The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Get rid of clutter. Get rid of the voices of others that say you're not enough. God has made this beautiful world. He doesn't make ugly. You are enough. You're more than enough. Sit in the silence of his beauty. Again, whether it's worshiping, whether it's serving or just being silent, listen to God's message because it's strong and it's made for each and every one of us. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. When I was going through that, how could any of that make sense? How could it be that I'm stuck on a sidewalk? How could it be that I'm hearing things? None of it made sense. I had no choice but to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. If any of you have ever been stuck while driving during a storm, and you see that your car is starting to turn, and maybe what you really need to do is keep your focus straight on the Lord. Or other times, maybe you're stuck, and the more that you try to get unstuck, the deeper your wheels get in, and people are walking around, driving by, just watching. In our lives, people are watching how we deal with tribulations. Just like how traffic slows down when people are stuck. When you're stuck in your circumstance, people are watching. People are watching to see how you're dealing with it. When you're stuck in the snow and your tires are just spinning, you cry out for help. And whether it's a tow truck or someone else, you never stay stuck forever. No one's ever stuck in a snowstorm years down the road. We all get out. And sometimes it means making a phone call, getting a tow truck, getting help. But we have a direct line to God for help. When you are stuck in the trials and tribulations of life, seek God. He will get you out of the storm. And I'm not saying that everything is going to be rosy, but what I am saying is that your perception and the way how you can deal with it will help you deal with it. And that can make all the difference in the world. If we think about David in the Bible, David was faced with many challenging situations. Why? We don't know. We don't know why you go through the things that you go through. 
But young David had many challenges. And David faced his situations that seemed hopeless. And God prevailed and brought him through. There's trauma all around us. There's no escaping that. We can continue to experience heartbreak, but we need to realize that God is the driver. Let him help you. Reach out. Just like how you call for a tow truck, call to God. I'm reminded of the hymn, Trust and Obey. That hymn was written in 1887, and yet it still stands true today. Trust and obey, for there is no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. 1887. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and and obey. Are you trusting the Lord today? Are you trusting the Lord to take you out of your situation? Are you trusting the Lord to get you unstuck in whatever it is that you're stuck in? Have you stared towards other comforts in life or supposed comforts in life as opposed to trusting and obeying? Many of us experience heartbreaks. Many of us experience pain, significant pain. Many of us have had failed relationships or physical pain or pain caused by someone else, a coworker, a partner. But we can't get stuck. We can't stay in that cement block. We need to focus and trust and have faith that better days are coming. We have to have faith, even if it's a small faith of a mustard seed. Use that little faith to get you through your trial. The faith of a mustard seed. When everything is chaotic around you and you can't understand it, that little faith, use that to get you through. Keep your mind on God. He loves you enough that he sent his only begotten son. That is love. That is love. His son has paid for our sins and only requires that we accept his free gift of salvation. That's all. (laughs) He gave his only begotten son. Are you calling upon Jesus? Are you calling upon God to guide you? Are you reading your Bible? Are you listening to worship? Are you putting your trust and hope in our Lord and Savior? And if not today, then when? And perhaps your life is going well right now. Maybe you're very satisfied with where your life is. That doesn't mean you don't still put your trust and faith in our Lord and Savior. That's the time we still give our thanks. That's the time we still look at that target And say, thank you, Lord. God is opening a better way. You don't have to stay stuck. You don't have to be ruled by your emotions. You can choose to move from one challenge to the next and enjoy your journey. You can choose to set aside other people's negativity and be thankful for today. I remember a time when I was stuck at home early on, and the entire family went to church. And this was before church was online, prior to COVID. And I remember that feeling of just being alone. 
being alone with the music in my head that's really not out, but feeling alone. And the interesting thing is shortly while I was in that moment, the song came on, You're Not Alone. We are not alone. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. That's Isaiah 43, verse 2. No matter how difficult and no matter how dark the season you find yourself walking through, God is with you. God is with you. You are not alone. He promises to meet you in your pain and your suffering. He promises. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Reach out to God. You are not alone. There's no reason to fear. There's no reason to feel as if you are alone. God has been there for every tear and every sorrow. Every tear and every sorrow, our God has been there. He will strengthen your heart, and he will help you back on your feet, no matter where he finds you today. Wherever you are today, reach out to God. He will help you. He'll put you back on your feet. Do you feel stuck in certain areas of your life? Maybe God is waiting for you to lay down something so he can finally move you. Anytime you move locations or jobs, there's always something that you leave behind. Maybe there's something that you need to leave behind. Maybe there's something that you need to leave behind so that you can be victorious. Just how, like how a physical move requires something to be left behind, so does a spiritual move. If we think about our spiritual lives, is there something that you need to leave behind? Is there something that you need to put into your life? God is our potter. He wants to shape us if we let him. Whatever you're clutching on to, release. Let it go. Do not be stuck. Some of you might be stuck in addiction. Maybe you're stuck in alcohol. Maybe you're stuck in drugs. Maybe you're stuck in negative thoughts. Whatever it is that you're stuck in, leave it to the Lord. He wants to shape us. He wants to mold us. He is the potter. We are the clay. Have you thought about David, who became the biggest biblical king in the history? He didn't start out that way. He wrote many psalms in which he shares the heartache of being a lonely shepherd boy left to care for his father's flock, a sibling despised by his brothers, a person without the comfort of friends, and a man surrounded by enemies. David was so viciously rejected. We don't know why. But how many times in your own life have you felt rejected? Maybe rejected by family, maybe rejected by coworkers, maybe rejected by friends, by neighbors. How long have you suffered while waiting for something to change? How long have you suffered feeling no one understands your pain? Nobody understands your suffering. And maybe the person sitting next to you has no idea. 
Maybe they don't understand what's going on in your heart, the suffering, the heartache, the turmoil, but God does. If David was here today, he would say, persevere. He would say, keep going. He, God does not want us to be victims. He wants us to be victorious. It's not over until God says it's over. Allow David to be our example. Refuse to allow people who don't know you to define you. I think of so many young people who are defined by social media, who are defined by their friends. They don't look like that person. They don't dress like that person. Don't let others define you. Let God mold you. He is the potter. We are the clay. Let him mold you to what he wants you to be. Let him mold you. He is the potter. You are the clay. Let him mold you. He doesn't want you to stay stuck in despair. He doesn't want you to stay stuck in worry. Maybe you're stuck worrying about your children. Maybe you're stuck worrying about your grandchildren. Maybe you're stuck worrying about your job, about your finances. The list goes on and on and on. God doesn't want us to be stuck. There's a Bible for us to lean on. There's a Jesus for us to lean on. Don't be stuck in your negative thoughts. Have faith like the mustard seed. We need to learn to enjoy the glory that we're in. Do we take a moment to have an attitude of gratitude? Or do we stay stuck in our despair, stuck in our feeling of hopelessness? Stuck feeling as if we're the victors instead of the victors. Get unstuck. Look at the joy around us. He's the potter. Let him mold you. Maybe it's not as fast as we'd like. We're in a society where we want things instantaneously. Maybe this molding isn't going to be as quick as we'd like. But we persevere, and we hold on, and we worship, and we serve. And we look at the goodness around us because it's not all bad. You might have a few things wrong in your life, but I can assure you there's many things right. You know, has, has a principle, we have what's called an individual education plan for students who have special needs. And on one section it says needs and concerns, and the other section there's a column for strengths. We never ever only put items in the areas of need or the areas of concern because there's always strength. There's always beauty. There's always something to be happy about, always something to be grateful for. We cannot live in a life of negativity. Each one of us can be glorified. Each one of us has beauty. There's beauty around us. Don't say stuck in the negativity. Your word, God's word, can revive us. Maybe you're busy in the day-to-day -day life. Busy. Maybe we are so busy, we don't even have time for lunch. Maybe we're so busy, we hold our bladder because we're so busy. <laughs> I see people nodding. It's draining to take busyness into our own hands. We get weary. We get tired. 
we get tired. In your busyness, are you finding time for God? We were created to rely and trust in the grace and glory of God. We were created to be about his business, not our busyness. Let me repeat. We were created to be about his business, not our busyness. Are we busy serving the Lord? Or are we just busy for our own needs? And as we're busy, are people seeing Christ in you? Or are you just too busy that no one can tell that you're a servant of God? My life, my family, my work, it's all from him, for him. All that we have is from him, for him. Are we glorifying him? Are we spending time with him? Are you worshiping with him? Are you praying with him? Are you serving him? Are you serving others? Are you tired? Have you been hurt? Maybe you've been hurt by another person. Maybe it's someone's careless words or their careless actions have hurt you to the core. Perhaps you've been dealing with mental anguish because of the loss of someone or something important to you. Get into the word of God. His word will revive you. Make it a priority to read God's word every day for whatever your specific situation is. The nice thing about technology is that no matter what you're going through, if you're feeling lonely, go to Google, say lonely, Bible, and they'll give you scripture passages that relate to that. If you're feeling jealousy, put jealousy, Bible. Scripture will come up. Don't get stuck in the negativity of life. Don't get stuck feeling hopeless, feeling helpless. Maybe there's something that as soon as you get home, you need to Google. Say, I'm really feeling anxious, anxious, Bible. And maybe you need to pray on that word. Don't get stuck. Heaviness, regrets, unworthiness. God doesn't want us there. We will all face a battle of some type in our life. And we can choose how we handle it. There's a song that we sing at Connect Church. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle. How are you fighting your battle? Whether it's surgery, whether it's a lost love, whether it's worry about your children, your grandchildren, your work, your coworker that drives you crazy, how are you going to fight that battle? I'm going to tell you how I fought my battle. I put my trust in the Lord. I put my trust in the Lord. Trust and obey because there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. On the last slide, I'd just like to show that your struggle may be real, but so is our God. I'm not saying that what you're going through isn't real, but what I am saying is our God is more real. No one can promise you an easy life, but I promise you that you can be free. Just because you have had to fight some battles does not mean you're defeated. This is how I fight my battle. Get down on your knees, worship, pray, read your Bible. You know, the picture that you can see is me at school. 
at my new school. I've been there for a year. About 500 students, amazing staff, amazing students. My doctor had told me back in the days when I was stuck in cement blocks that I would never be a principal again. In fact, I would never be able to work in a school again. And it made sense. I was stuck in what felt like cement blocks. I was walking like a drunk sailor. How could you work in a school like that? But our God is a miracle worker. So my license plate says, unstuck. And it's a reminder to me when I'm sitting in my office and the students or coworkers or parents are driving me nuts <laughs> to not dwell on the negative, to look at my license plate and remember I am unstuck. I don't ever want to be stuck again. And I don't mean stuck in feeling like cement blocks, but I don't want to be stuck in my mind. I don't want to be stuck in a world of negativity, a world of hopelessness. This is how I fight my battle, unstuck. Are there areas in your life right now that you need to give to the Lord? so that you too can be unstuck. And if you're stuck right, right now, if not today, then when? When? When will you scream out to the Lord for help? We don't wait a long time when we're stuck in snow 